A doctor knew that a spontaneous vaginal birth was a close second to a healthy baby on my list. But my cervix was not having it as 40 weeks turned into 41. Bowls full of fresh pineapple, nipple stimulation, and sex that I got zero kicks out of produced a lot of practice contractions, also known as Braxton Hicks contractions, but no results. The induction talks started looming and the lack of strong relationship between us showed. While checking for cervical progress at my 40 week exam, I shrieked when I felt a sharp new sensation that I couldn't have prepared myself for. Do you know what I did? My OB flatly asked. Based on my latest search to start labor naturally, I had a feeling that he'd stripped my membranes. I knew that he hadn't asked before doing it. What I didn't know is that in those brief and seemingly harmless, very unpleasant couple of seconds, my bodily autonomy was ignored. And I wasn't able to recognize that until years later. Welcome to the Well Worth Watering podcast. I'm your host, Luann, and my goal is to nourish the maternal health experiences of Black birthing people through education, empowerment, transformative storytelling, and story honoring. Because we are well worth this conversation. We are well worth pouring into. We are well worth watering. Those are some words from my daughter's birth story. And I thought it was really important to read those words again on the podcast because I want to talk to you today about consent in the context of prenatal care and also talk a little bit about why that is critically important, especially when we're caring for um, Black birthing bodies, because there's a history of neglect that we still see manifested in the care we receive today. I really believe that um, throughout the spectrum of how uh, physicians practice in this country, there is not enough emphasis on the history, especially in the context of obstetrics and gynecology. There's not really an emphasis on the history of how you know, obstetrics and modern day gynecology came to be. And I think that if we understood that, if they understood that and had that knowledge, I mean, listen, people are going to do, people that are, that don't have good intentions are going to move forward as such. And I honestly don't think there's a way to educate them out of that. They really have to uh, decide to be a different person. I'm talking about and to the folks that are willing to recognize their blind spots and their bias and the bias that is baked into um, a lot of medical systems, particularly maternal health, right? So let me go back to the excerpt from my daughter's birth story because I talked about receiving a natural procedure that I wasn't given heads up about um, that I didn't, I didn't get the opportunity to consent to based on my OB's assumption that it would be okay, which is not okay. So what happened, right? I had my membranes stripped. The stripping of the membranes involves uh, taking 
your finger. So the physician will take um, typically um, a finger or two and sweep their fingers between the thin membranes of the amniotic sac, right? That's in your uterus. Um, and they'll just sweep those membranes um, sort of like when you're trying to like unseat something that has like a tight uh, grip or, or suction. Um, and that motion helps separate the sac. And in that, you end up stimulating prostaglandins, which is one of those really um, yummy <laughs> uh, hormones that are involved in the process of birthing and establishing labor. And it can start labor in a lot of cases, um, particularly if you are at your due date, past your due date, which I was. I was already, um, I think it was like the middle of my 40th week. Now, I wanted to have a non-medicated process. I was having a healthy pregnancy, so there was no indication that I would need to be medicated, and that was my wish. Um, unless that wish, you know, changed and I was open to that as well. So I think he just went on the assumption like, okay, she doesn't want this. She doesn't want that. She's probably going to want this. But, you know, assumptions aside, consent is necessary at every stage for every procedure. Um, conversation is necessary and it just emphasizes, it just emphasizes the importance of trying to the importance of needing to build uh, a relationship that has trust and openness and time to really talk about these things. It wouldn't have taken five minutes for him to say, have you heard of this procedure? This is what it is. Um, you might experience um, some discomfort, but I really think it can help you get to your goal of establishing a labor on your own. That didn't even take five minutes, did it? Me saying that? <laughs> So, you know, I remember after that procedure, I was, I, I, I kind of knew, like he asked me, well, did you know, as I said in, that, in my writing, and I was like, too shocked to even register, okay, he swept my membranes. So, you know, he explained it, and he basically did what he should have did before he did it, after. It is bone chilling to think about how I could have reacted if I was a survivor of trauma, sexual trauma, physical trauma. And he did not know that. He didn't know whether or not that was a yes or no in my history. It's problematic. I genuinely can't say that that is a source of trauma for me, but it is a source of contention and something that I was it like intent on um, from that moment forward, real making it clear, like this is not like, these things are not going to continue to happen. Now, at that point, I'm already at the 40 week point, but I, I remember that happening and thinking, no, that's important for me to say that we always recognize that we, we have autonomy. And at the moment that line is crossed, um, we feel empowered to voice that. And the providers educate themselves and really, honestly, check themselves. Doesn't matter how much time or cases or caseload you have, really check themselves to say, 
this is a human being that I need uh, consent for. I want to read a couple of words from a book that I'm reading right now as part of my childbirth ed training, Birthing Justice, Black Women, Pregnancy, and Childbirth. And this one is by Julia Chinieri and Alicia Bonaparte. There is a chapter in there that talks about the neglect uh, that has been unfortunately a part of our history as Black women when it comes to uh, maternal health and obstetrics and really just exploitation, right? And they talk about the South Carolina doctor, J. Marion Sims. He's regarded as the father of American gynecology. And he developed the instruments that we recognize today as part of the mainstay in gynecology, right? So the speculum that's used when the physician is assessing our pelvic health and giving pap smears. Quote, Sims medical advances would not have been possible without unhindered access to the bodies of 11 enslaved black women at a time when physicians commonly dealt with white women's gynecological problems by touch only to safeguard their honor. The enslaved women had vesicovaginal fistulas, ruptures between the vagina and the bladder and rectum that caused constant leakage of urine and fecal matter. Harriet Washington tells the grueling story of the five years during which Sims performed numerous experimental surgeries, slicing open the vaginal tissues of the women he'd, he had addicted to morphine as his assistants held them down by force. Rationalizing that Black women were closer to livestock than humans and thus had a greater pain tolerance, Sims refused to use anesthesia on the women even though a dose of ether could have spared them their agony. So when I think about the ways in which Black bodies were completely severed from autonomy, specifically because they were severed from any sort of freedom or, um, you know, mobility, they were considered chattel, we were considered chattel, it really puts into context the, the need for consent throughout your entire maternal care experience because you could be not only layering on trauma that might already be there, there are a lot of intake forms that don't necessarily ask those kind of questions. There is a lack of strong relationship being built between patients and care providers to even be able to assess or perhaps tiptoe near that very delicate uh, area, emotionally and physically, to ask if there's you know, been some trauma or anything like that. And even without the presence of trauma, consent is never something that should be removed from the table despite assumptions, uh, despite wishes that may have been shared earlier that led you to such assumptions. It needs to be on the table. I think that if physicians had an emphasis placed, um, whether it's when they're still in school or, or during practicing, if they had an emphasis placed on the history of how our bodies were uh, not allowed consent and how our bodies were used to establish the career that is their livelihood now, I think if they understand and understood that, there may be a holistic approach 
to consent and procedures and just how how they run how they run their practice and how they treat their patients. We don't know what people have been through. We don't know the kind of bravery it takes to go into an examination room um, during the course of a pregnancy and to lay on that table and to uh, go through the physical examinations and procedures. We don't know what that looks like for too many folks. And to have your autonomy removed uh, in that moment, even if it's one out of you know, however many visits is heartbreaking and there's no reason why it should occur. So I want to hear from you. Do you have a story similar to mine? And I want to just say, if you do and you are not ready to share that, I'm, I'm sitting with you and understanding that um, lack of desire and readiness to share because that's a brave place to be in as well. But I wanna hear from you. What are some of the ways we can ensure that our autonomy and consent is respected? Is this something that is reflected in the choices that we make during our prenatal care? Does it look like taking a closer look at that relationship and making sure that that trust is there, that bond is there, that that assurance that no, consent is always going to be on the table. They're always going to be open, communicative about um, what is happening. Is that reflected in the care plan that you create together with that physician, with that care provider? I certainly think that those are things that would have benefited me and I know that they are things that will uh, benefit you as well. But I want to hear more. If you have other ideas, please hit me up at Well Worth Watering on Instagram, also on Facebook. And of course, until the next time, always remember that you are well worth pouring into and you are well worth watering.